nearly three minutes past eight. So this pandemic brings with it the third and perhaps greatest economic, financial and social shock of the century so far. Both supply chains and consumption have been hit hard in various sectors globally. The outbreak is expected to have an even greater impact on Asian countries, though, as I briefly mentioned, because of their high dependence on the international economy. We have Tommy Wu, Senior Economist at Oxford Economics, on the line for further discussion. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Let's start with an overview then of of how some Asian economies in particular are impacted by this outbreak so far. So uh, uh, I would say that Asian economies will plunge in the first half of this year. Uh, First of all, uh, China's economy was in a standstill in the first quarter, and uh, this is going to not only affect uh, China itself, but also the supply chains uh, in, in the region, in the Asian region, and also tourism uh, in the first quarter. But then maybe uh, the weak demand doesn't just last in the first quarter, and, and it will spill over into the second quarter. And secondly, uh, the, as you've mentioned, the global economy is now battering by the coronavirus, meaning that uh, I would say that uh, I would expect there will be a global recession in the, in the first half of this year. And and this will affect uh, you know, all countries in the region. And also Asian countries in general are practicing social distancing or there, were, there are some kind of partial lockdowns in various countries, meaning that uh, domestic consumption will take a heavy toll. And uh, in APEC in general, I would say that uh, this year's I would expect a growth of just 0.8% compared to, say, 4.3% last year. Uh, now, I've mentioned that China is, has obviously been suffering, but then I think that uh, the worst is probably over there. Um, and But then for Singapore, Hong Kong, South Korea and Japan, I think they will probably the, the, be the worst hit uh, given their reliance on the Chinese uh, economy in terms of supply chains. And also uh, the, these countries are also more uh, closely tied to the global supply chains. Uh, now, for the, the, the South and Southeast Asian countries, especially the Asian countries, like such as Thailand, I think tourism uh, will be uh, uh, the biggest hit uh, because of the, all the global travel restrictions. And again, uh, these countries will also suffer from uh, weak domestic uh, demand because of uh, local containment restrictions. And the other thing that we have to watch for is uh, oil shock uh, because it's affecting the oil exporting companies in the region. Uh, and But then uh, it could be good or bad for economies because it hurts the oil exporters, but then it's actually good for consumers because of cheaper uh, petrol prices. We may be seeing a new normal emerge in various sectors as they respond to this, and it's kind of like burning up some of the old ways. Could that extend as far as the supply chain from China? Would, would we see perhaps that supply chain be diversified in the future? Um. I think uh even before the uh you know the coronavirus outbreak uh uh because of the rising production costs in China and also because of the US China trade tensions uh a lot of companies have already made uh, or at least trying to think about uh, uh re- re- relocating the the supply chains from China to elsewhere and the coronavirus outbreak just make this uh, a much more urgent task to do because they, uh, there are various sectors, for example, automobiles, um, electronics for sure, and also pharmaceutical. 
uh, now we're seeing the impact that uh, because of the shutdown in China, uh, lots of companies, including companies in, Co- in South Korea, uh, they, their lack of uh, supplies of key parts uh, coming out from China and that just make the whole supply chain being in a standstill, for instance, uh, in, in, in the auto sector. So, uh, com- so I think companies or you know, multinationals Generally speaking, they are seriously thinking about uh, diversifying the, the production line into uh, various parts of the of the of the region. But I would say that maybe in the future, uh, I, I would say that the, China is still very important because um, it's hard to replace the sheer size of labor force that. China can provide, and also China is being very, uh, very productive and efficient uh, in in terms of supply chains. So it's it's very hard to replace that, and also they have the infrastructure. So other countries will have to to catch up uh, in terms of infrastructure in in order to get you know to benefit from uh, such supply chain uh, shift in the future. Another factor is that Asian economies, some of the ones we mentioned today, have recovered very well from major recessions, economic shocks in the last decades. Is that something that bodes well, despite the concerns that we've raised? I, I think so, actually, because um, even though uh, the coronavirus outbreak is, uh, will take a very severe uh, hit to economies uh, globally, I believe that you know, based on past experience, such as SARS outbreak uh, or uh, you know, the Japanese earthquake experience, uh, we know that uh, these kind of events are, are, are relatively short-lived. Meaning that um, maybe there will be some U, uh, V-shaped rebound in some countries or U-shaped, meaning that uh, maybe by the end of this year things should turn around uh, when when people's daily lives get back to normal and also businesses uh, returning to normal. Mm. So uh, I would say that yes, so it's a, it's a high impact uh, event, but then it's relatively short-lived. Well, I mean, let's look a little bit closer at these shapes. Uh, so the V-shaped recovery would perhaps be the most optimistic, which would be a, a short, sharp drop in economic activity followed by a, a sharp rebound in growth when the situation starts to normalise. The U-shape would be similar, but a, a prolonged trench at the bottom uh, before recovery. But the worst case might be an L-shape, as described during the so-called Great Depression. What would it take for the world to enter an L-shape at this point? Um, so uh, I would say that, um, uh, well, I, I would take a baseline as like a V or a U-shape, uh, more, more to a U-shape, as I've mentioned. Now, to, to get to an L-shape, what I would think is you need the coronavirus outbreak to not just trigger uh, uh, and, and, and a reduction in growth, uh, but also uh, to trigger uh, a large-scale of financial crisis uh, in order to trigger something like a, you know, as you have said, the Great Depression or what we have seen in the global financial crisis back in 2009, uh, you need some kind of a uh, uh, financial crisis mm. of the sort to, 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 to generate that kind of shape. Well, I mean, I don't want to be alarmist, but when we see the state the United States is in right now, and China will no doubt remain cautious for some time with its own... Uh, activities and of course the scale of countries in Europe and beyond hit by this pandemic 
you can't help wondering how long we're going to be able to sustain social distancing and lockdowns before the threat of, well, at least a prolonged U-shape or even an L starts to emerge. Uh, you're you're right. Yes, we when when I said that you know hopefully things will uh, be over by June. It's it's you know it's you know it's it's more like a baseline. But then you know you, you never know. Uh, this could take uh, much longer. If that's the case, then uh, it really depends on the type of uh, policy stimulus uh, or you know relief measures that uh, governments and central banks in the world can provide uh, in order to help. Uh, you know, households and businesses, especially the SMEs, uh, which are, tend to lack of uh, you know cash or liquidity, uh, how long can they actually survive? And uh, and 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 if they can actually keep the employees uh, or, or not? So so if you know if of course a a, a much prolonged uh, uh, you know outbreak would would probably cut. Global consumption by like a, a quarter, like a third or something. That that means that uh, you know we we uh, there there will be a much higher chance that we are heading to something like a you know, the magnitude of a global financial crisis or even Great Depression that will last for a much longer time because that's not well people will lost their jobs and we'll we'll all of a sudden start seeing a lot of more bankruptcies and and defaults in in bonds and et cetera et cetera so that will be uh much more of a disaster if if that's going to to be the case so speaking of relief and that importance as a factor, South Korea through the Bank of Korea announced its plans of unlimited supply of liquidity. Uh, what uh, do you make of, of Seoul's response and that of other central banks as well around the world? Yeah, I think it's actually uh, important at this point to to, to support uh, financial market liquidity or banking liquidity and also to continue to support bank lending to uh, corporates, especially SMEs, because uh, their lack of cash and liquidity in general. Uh, it's important, and it's important to sentiment as well, uh, supporting at least we, 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 at least like, you know, recent, in recent days, the, the financial markets globally seems to have uh, stabilized somewhat. Well, depending on the day, we still see, uh, you know, large stock market uh, downturns, but that but then in, it seems like these stimulus are, are providing some confidence globally. But are they going to, uh, you know, help the economy to, to get out of the, the recession? Uh, I would say that not yet, because uh, in, in lots of economies, whether they're in Asia or especially in the U.S. and Europe nowadays, uh, economies are going through a sudden stop, meaning that there are partial lockdowns, social distancing that, you know, makes everyday life production comes to a halt. So, so in order to get out of the recession, the, the, first of all, the coronavirus needs to be contained, mm. and and then all these measures need, need to be lifted before you know these stimulus can actually help the economy. So right now, these these stimulus are just helping uh, companies to stay afloat and try to minimize uh, unemployment and layoffs. I mean, for the last few years, sort of alternative measures like universal basic incomes have been floated around as possible solutions to issues the economies around the world are facing anyway. 
Do you see 2020 as perhaps a year of experimentation and beyond 2020 where, especially with a big election in the US, I don't ask you to speculate on the political outcome of that, but the, the kind of Bernie Sanders models and Andrew Young models have drawn a lot of interest and perhaps during a time like this are more likely to be tried out than ever? Uh, it's very true. And also because the, the labor market structure has changed quite a lot in recent years, because there's a much bigger gig economy, uh, you know, where people are, are self-employed. And under a lot of the current uh, uh, you know, welfare policies, uh, it, it's unclear how uh, the self-employed are being covered. So uh, I would imagine that the uh, you know the the welfare systems, the un, the unemployment benefit system will will need to, uh, um, you know, uh, step up and also consider how to cover uh, this large group of uh, getting larger and larger group of people, and and I think uh, uh, economies are actually uh, moving towards that direction now. Mm. Um, a final question on relief, though, as the Secretary General of the OECD, Angel Gurria, has urged countries to implement a new Marshall Plan against this pandemic, referring to the reconstruction of Europe after the Second World War, and that shows how seriously he's taking this. Uh, Is that the sort of level of contribution you'd be looking at? Um, Well, so far we have seen a a lot of large uh, fiscal stimulus. Like in the US, there's a huge package, uh, both from the fiscal side and monetary side, and also in Europe. uh, Now, I think it, it... well, speaking of sort of a new Marshall uh, plan, Marshall plan, I think it makes sense, make a lot of sense for Europe in the sense that uh, because at the moment there are individual countries uh, having their own fiscal packages, but it is yet to see a coordinated fiscal effort. And I think uh, I would take the meaning of a, having a new Marshall plan being that there is a coordinated effort between among the European countries to deal with the outbreak and right. recovery of, uh, from it. Uh, because a failure to provide an appropriate response now means that the European economies would, would could again see a much slower recovery. Yeah, it does raise the question, who's going to help who? Um, yeah. as, as we continue yeah. to go through this pandemic, there are still those unknowns to be answered. Tommy Wu, Senior Economist at Oxford Economics, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.